Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's Pete Donaldson and Mark Haynes, and we're back for the final part, mercifully. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, it's your yeah. own fault, because you could have got this over with in about a day and a half, right? <laughs> Instead, you've had it dragged out over yeah. five long, painful because weeks. you thought that that, uh, that eight-quid Pret-a-Manger meal, which you can't get anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rec- recording. Oh, <laughs> oh they, 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 they should be charging £5 like other wrestling podcasts. This isn't like other wrestling podcasts. It isn't. We're in a room. We spent nearly an hour talking about purple Aki. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start saying we're like the other podcast because we're not. Bong, I've just got an email from the Wrestling League general manager, and uh, he or she, the mystery person, has said that it's actually excellent value. And you should also head over to uh, uh, patreon.com forward slash wrestle me and extra wrestle me every single week. We will get you through this. We will get you through whatever you are getting through in your life. Yeah. All right. I, I tell you what. Uh, look, I, I, don't, I don't want to boast about it or anything, but I have talked to every single Patreon person individually. <laughs> I would say all of them have erections. <laughs> not only erections, but they have said that they, they would pay easily sixteen pounds a month. <laughs> now that is something that I'm not going to act on, Pete, because no. I, I, I think of WrestleMania as being our gift to the world. Exactly. But I mean, obviously, you know, got bills as well. <laughs> Um, and this podcast has never made us any money. <laughs> yeah. uh, head on over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleMe, an extra show every single week on uh, a subject of wild f- fantasy, whatever it might be. <laughs> All kinds of crazy pay per views. If you haven't gone on the Patreon yet, and there's something that you dream of hearing, mm. then that might well be what we've done. So yes. you want to get your fucking wallet out. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, it's ad-free. And oh, it also uh, newsletters, all kinds of uh, nonsense, extra uh, mail-out uh, uh, specials that we're going to be doing as it's, well. You know, oh, you know it's, it's actually really it's friendly and it's really nice. I'm really, I'm actually really proud of it. It's been really positive and Everything, delightful to do. I, do. I do slightly kick ourselves that we didn't do it a year ago. I know. When, I, we, when, when people weren't living in ho- the horror. <laughs> <laughs> And also, the shows that we're doing now uh, publicly on the normal RSS feed uh, are shows that I'm not enjoying watching. No. <laughs> Whereas in 27, it was a bit difficult to watch. That's, Though we did... Uh, uh, oh, I have enjoyed doing the shows. Yeah. I mean, that's the funny thing, isn't it? Because we did tie ourselves to something which didn't sound actually... I mean, it was good for a long time, yeah. you know, that we enjoyed doing it. <laughs> yeah. But then, now we it. are tied into it. Again, we can't just skip a WrestleMania and go, do you know what it's shit? Don't worry. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I actually find that these ones, the longer we go on, the, the, the weird 
weirdest thing about it is having to explain who people are. Yes. Because this is a period where people just appear. And it's not like the old days where people were around for 20 years, mm. you know, and would stay past their prime. Yeah. You get people here whose careers, whose careers from start to finish. It's a month long, yeah. a months long rather yeah. than years long. Yeah, they'll do, they'll do three years and then mm. they'll go, do you know what? It's not for me. I'm going to do something else. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, Jesus Christ, you don't make it easy to do this podcast. <laughs> you know, <laughs> think Ted DiBiase Jr. Crying out think. loud. Do something generous for once in your life. <laughs> <laughs> not like your father. Um, <laughs> um, they have a little clip uh, of this uh, WrestleMania access. Yes. And WrestleMania access has become decent and respectable and boring. Yeah. Um, it's golf, art, reading, and a trip to Congress. <laughs> I mean, yes. you know, I t- I just what happened to when there were just people go, you know, pretending to be the Undertaker and coming into the ring? People, um, people's cast asses. Exactly, yeah. Stacey Keebler's bottom bomb. in bronze. Ugh. Instead, you've got, you know, the, the uh, WrestleMania reading challenge, someone paying a grand and a half for a Jerry Lawler painting of The Undertaker. Now, yeah, exactly. Someone uh, got wrapped up in the moment, didn't they? <laughs> they a thousand. Uh, do I hear uh, 1,500? I was like, you haven't got a bloody chance in hell. Yeah. Some woman bloody bought it. She did. It- she must have been mad. And, and um, the thing that annoys me about it, I was especially because I was, I was all well into uh, imagining that Jerry Lawler had uh, just traced a picture of the Undertaker and <laughs> coloured it in. He's an excellent artist. He's superb. He's really good. It's it's difficult, in it. It's like <laughs> it's like Hitler was a veggie. Yeah. It's like it's I don't I don't Eric like thinking. Gill, the brilliant sculptor who did the uh, the pictures uh, the, the the carvings rather mm. on the front of BBC Broadcasting House oh, yes, of Ariel and wrong, Prospero. He? Uh, he used to have sex with the family dog. Uh, he believed in yep. sex with everyone. He had yep. sex with family members. Um, the, 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 real the sculptures are good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not that fucking good. If he was like, do you want more sculptures? And you were like, well, what will it cost? And he went, yeah. well, it, it won't cost money. Mm. But here's a, a diagram. <laughs> of what I'd like to do, you'd go, do you know what? I'm probably going to go with the other guy. Yeah, sure at WrestleMePod.com uh, to let me know how good this podcast has to get before my crimes are forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Lawler is a great... He actually got into wrestling through art because he right. um, he sent in caricatures of the commentators in uh, Memphis Wrestling. Oh, cool. And they were so good. They were like, great wrestling thing where, they, where a kid sends you a load of really good things and you're just like, do you want to do more do of these? Job? Do you want to do these every week? And <laughs> as a kid, you're like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. And you're like, great, great. You need them in by 5.30. <laughs> yes. you know? um, so that's how he actually found his way into wrestling, was through his art. Yeah. He, he does brilliant stuff. His, his caricatures are really, really mm. good. And his Undertaker one that they sell is not actually a great Jerry Lawler no. because it doesn't place all his strengths, yeah. uh, unfortunately. But, hey, look, it was worth a grand and a half. You know, look, um, that, does that woman still have it? I would try and sell it immediately because it's about to do something terrible. <laughs> it was definitely too much she paid for it. Yeah. She also, she didn't look like a, an art connoisseur particularly. She looked like a fan mm. who I imagine after they'd done it and said, can you pay for it now? She'd have gone, I cannot possibly cannot pay. possibly pay. I can't. I thought g- we were all having fun. We'll give you it for 200 but just say 1500 <laughs> I cannot possibly pay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, just, it just didn't look much fun. And yeah. that, that, again, symptomatic of this period is mm. that everyone is getting a bit corporate and it's a bit up, you know, sort of up itself. It's pretending it's like a big television show. Yes. Uh, and so it go, it does golf and it does reading challenges and it talks mm. about its good work and they have they WrestleMania the Day and they, they talk about the economic benefits it's brought to yeah, the city the sta- of Atlanta. The, the sta- yeah, the state of Georgia. You know, like mate, went- I've already bought your fucking pay-per-view. You don't have to go on about, you know... <laughs> what good things yeah. it's doing. Oh, great. Oh, I built a car park. Fantastic. Like- Tell me more about the inner workings of your business model. <laughs> <laughs> Very boring. Undertaker versus Triple A. 
H. Now, I didn't think that I was going to be bothered about seeing this match at all. Mm. Um, it just seemed to me like one of those ones that, as it's, you know, it happens. It happens after the two Shawn Michaels matches, but you remember it not being as good. But the video they did before it to promote it, it left me feeling really, really excited for the match. Well, they went premium kind of HBO drama theme, didn't they? They that, did, that kind yeah. Kind of like parodied, uh, kind of like uh, True Blood, stand up bass, kind of slide guitar. Yep. It's a song called In Time by Mark Colley. Not right. really known, but it's sort of got, it hints at a Deadwood as well, that like, Deadwood, Undertaker yeah, is this like, kind of like supernatural, outlaw, outlaw yeah, kind of guy. Sheriff stroke Undertaker yeah. who is. Breaking Bad, they had one like that as well. Yeah. Um, Dusty, two Arizona, Bleach Skulls, mm. and it's that sense of there are two gunslingers in town. Yeah. And, you know, the They're final thing, yeah, the guy who takes care of business. Mm. You know, you, you, if you're an outlaw, then, you know, he is the guy who is going to put you down unless you can put him down. Yeah. A really, you know, Undertaker's always slightly played with that Arizona desert mm. lawman element and it really really works here mm. and the video itself is brilliantly done uh, wwe have always been really state-of-the-art when it comes to their packages their mm. packages are so good if you watch regular sport you know or, or, or any sort of british sport the packages are so far behind wwe yeah especially when you're you're talking about the mid-2000s when they were just leagues ahead of anyone else um it's amazing to see how that wwe aesthetic has bled into all parts of culture mm. i think they were just you know very ahead of the game there. yeah and it's um this is a perfect example not one that's well remembered this particularly mm. um it's uh, worth mentioning actually one of the, the classic wwe packages they put together was a one of the first times they actually um acknowledge their history and use some of their back catalog was a, a kid rock uh, video that I, I, it was just it's called um there's one called desire uh, they're really worth having a look at. Mm. Uh, My Sacrifice was another one yeah, 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 to the yeah. Creed song. Yeah. And they were two really good package videos. We mentioned, when we talk about like Kid Rock, we didn't mention one of the great Kid Rock package videos, which was from those two. And after that, it's almost like they got emboldened. They were like, we can really do this. And mm. this t Undertaker Triple H match setup, it takes the previous, you know, two months of Raw, mm. and just seamlessly tells the story of how we got here. Something I could have done with pretty much all of the matches here that they didn't really bother with. Yeah. Uh, there was a Randy Orton one, I think there's a Rey Mysterio one, but this one is just told so well. Yeah. Um, it, this match wasn't necessarily going to happen uh, with Triple H. Um, there had been in February some vignettes that came out where it said 2 11 so it was the return of someone, or there was a date to put in your calendar of someone coming. Now that turned out to be the return of the Undertaker WWE, right? But before that, you know, he came back. A lot of people began thinking that this was going to be the arrival of Sting, right? Now Sting had been working in TNA. He'd been there for five years. He remained the one big WCW star who had never gone to WWE, and he talked a little bit about how he'd quite like to, you know, maybe do a WrestleMania. Yeah. And so people were beginning to pick it up. The WWE and Sting at this time, they had been in discussions. And the other thing they talked to him about was they'd said, look, if you want to come and do this WrestleMania, it's in Atlanta, which was the home base of WCW, where he had some of his biggest sort of crowds and he was, you know, the big local star, if you like. And they also said to him, we'll put you in the Hall of Fame that night right and so you'll get to go in in your you know your home territory in front of a very very partisan crowd mm. and he 
basically turned down the offer um, because he said he didn't really trust WWE to do the right thing by his character. Right. He'd seen what happened to Goldberg, who was the other big WCW star. He'd gone to WWE and they'd really, really mishandled his aura and they'd slightly damaged him in a year's run. Mm. And I think Sting thought... You know, I don't want that to happen to me. I want to be this perfect, you know, good guy hero character that I've done by my own, you know, hand and Mm. not have them come in and ruin it right at the end. Um, He would eventually end up doing WrestleMania um, many years later uh, against Triple H. And everything really that I think he feared would have happened here did end up happening there. So he was probably right not to do it. (laughs) But we were cheated out of one of the very, very few sort of like dream WrestleMania matches that Mm. never happened, which was Sting versus The Undertaker. It's like you said last time, a lot of um, reading a lot of the stuff about WrestleMania, any WrestleMania, is always just the anticipation of what's going to happen, who's going to be on the bill, what's going to be the surprises, what are going to be the things, that the curveballs that I don't expect. And and wrestling fans will always go for the CM Punks and the coming back and, you know, all that stuff. Wrestling works so well when it comes to surprises Mm. because it's a business that historically has debuted new stars at an exciting moment. Mm. And that, that sense of, I think with this WrestleMania as well, because it had such a weak sort of main event, People were thinking, but that can't be just what it is. Yeah. They must have something else planned. And they didn't have anything else planned. <laughs> and that was always, I think, you know, people were hanging on to the last minute to sort of go, but what's it going to be? Probably, maybe Shawn Michaels will be doing something. Yeah. You know, there'll be something. And there wasn't. But wrestling historically has always been most effective when you surprise people and that pop that you get. Things like the return of Edge, who mm. this is his last WrestleMania, it looked like forever. When he came back, at the Royal Rumble mm. that had been kept as quiet as they could keep it in the modern era yeah. and the response was amazing the crowd were slightly anticipating him coming back but until the moment he appeared they, they couldn't sure. believe it yeah. and the sudden realisation that that is happening is as big a thrill as if you like seeing the guy yeah. you know you have that thing of going oh my god it was will, will they won't they they only bloody did yeah. and like with the Wrestlemania you're slightly sort of waiting sitting there going well maybe maybe you know, yeah. maybe they're going to do a thing and Triple H is going to say I'm not going to be doing this but let me introduce the man you will be facing you know and there you get your, yeah. your, your sting it didn't happen um, and it unfortunately with The Undertaker would never happen I was I put together a, a quick sort of list of the matches that, that like never happened mm. uh, that you could do like a dream Wrestlemania and this is one of them Sting versus Undertaker that has to be really The Undertaker's match that never happened but you know your Hulk Hogan versus Stone Cold Steve Austin right. your um, The Rock versus Shawn Michaels mm. You know, your, your, your Eddie Guerrero versus, you know, whoever you wanted, really. You know, there are loads and loads of different matches that, that just didn't take place that, um, you know, this, this Sting versus Undertaker, I think, is probably the main one that there were so many points over the last probably 10 years where it could have happened and it just never quite did. And then it never happened at all. It could do it now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately. Pre-recorded. Annoyingly. Well, the pre-recording is, is a fascinating idea <laughs> because as, as we found from this WrestleMania, you can hide a lot of limitations. Yeah. Sting was actually uh, put out entirely uh, due to some injuries. Oh, right. He sustained in a match with Seth Rollins. Um, so he, mm. he went on to have a short run, but he uh, got some neck injuries and, and did have to pull out. So right. the idea that even they could do one in Saudi Arabia, I think is pretty slim right uh, sting also seems to be quite a decent dignified man so i think you <laughs> know really mix well with wrestling going <laughs> no, no. i've got um, kids they also did a little angle with brock lesnar 
mm. and The Undertaker at a UFC event, UFC 121. Um, and Lesnar was defending his heavyweight belt. Right. Um, he... Uh, I, I think he actually lost it to Cain Velasquez. Now, Cain Velasquez at this point is nothing to do with wrestling. He would in the future end up being signed by WWE. He had a, a match with Lesnar at the uh, the last Saudi show, which was a large disaster. Mm. Um, but the what happened is as Lesnar was leaving the uh, octagon, having been beaten, Undertaker was in the crowd. And Undertaker eyed him up, brought Lesnar, shot him a glance back, and then they both sort of half nodded. And what this was doing was Vince McMahon was hoping very much to get Brock Lesnar out of his UFC contract for one match. And he talked to Dana White, the uh, UFC booker, about um, whether they could get a match together with Undertaker and Lesnar, having already shot this little angle, right. know, basically with the cooperation of Lesnar and, and Undertaker being there solely to do it. It happens to be caught on camera by the UFC, the camera guys. So it... it it's all set up. Ugh. But Dana White says, uh, no, absolutely no way. We're not having him back. So right. I think that was also a WrestleMania match that they were hoping would happen this year. Mm. Undertaker versus the UFC champion. You yeah. Know? Although he then, as he'd lost that belt that night. Um, it, it didn't happen. So they end up with Triple H. And th- the saddest thing about this match is they, the, the edits that they've made. So originally, they don't come out to their normal theme songs. Mm. And they kept that Dead Man, Wild West sort of theme going. Uh, Triple H came out to Metallica's For Whom the Bell Tolls. Yeah. Um, I think there was still a bit of that in there because it was quite... There were too many bells, which when they eventually played the Undertaker theme, I was like, oh, but there was bells in the first one, which made me think it was going to be the Undertaker. Was, ah. Yeah. The, the the Undertaker came out to Johnny Cash's uh, Ain't No Grave Can Hold My Body Down. Oh, cool. Which is a brilliant, slow sort yeah. of chung, yeah. chung, chung. And he, out he came to that. Now, there was a bloke in the audience who filmed it, and he's put it on YouTube, and... I managed just, you know, when you fluke it entirely, I had it on and I clicked onto the YouTube thing and it was like a second and a half out. And I was like, pause this for a second and a half, a click, and you it played it. <laughs> identically on the thing. And I muted that one and I played his one and it was just magic. Mm. It was just, it had such gravitas. Mm. Now, Undertaker's normal theme has gravitas, but hearing that slow walk to that music, it just, you just fade out. Why have they, why have they edited it on the network, just licensing? They, they did the same on the DVD and the Blu, Blu-ray, yeah. They didn't have the music clearance rights or right. they weren't willing to pay for them. Now, I find this really strange because obviously you get like the, the theme song for WrestleMania this year is Tiny Temper. Mm. Um, and well, some dude I have never heard <laughs> yeah. of before. Now, the, the Tiny Temper song is still there on the network. You know, mm. they've obviously done a deal when they go, it's the official song of WrestleMania. Yeah, 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 so yeah. in perpetuity, you'll let us do that. Just do the same fucking things if you're going to have the entrance music. And it really, really was a memorable entrance. Mm. There isn't a memorable entrance when you watch it, when it's been re-edited. Well, it, it's how everyone is going to watch it, uh, percentage-wise. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was it was a big pay-per-view buy-in. Obviously, 71,000 or whatever people watched it in the... But that's... Yeah. That, that's in, in that's frequently and it becomes more frequently like it's just not important anymore. So no, it certainly wasn't important in this WrestleMania. No, no. <laughs> nobody um, in there. I, I had a weird one. So I was watching the um, the Triple H uh, original one, which is him coming out to the Metallica song, and uh, next to it was Triple H talking at Lemmy's funeral service in 2016. Right. So I had a look at that. Um, he speaks. Uh, so so did Dave Grohl and Slash from mm. Guns N' Roses. And I watched the Triple H one. I watched a bit of the Dave Grohl. Um, 
Triple H did eight minutes, which was more than Slash, uh, but less than Dave Grohl. But Dave Grohl did cry through quite a bit of his towards the end. It got a bit slow. So he got a, he's also got a million more views than Slash did. But I, I watched the thing, and it's, it's, it's casual. He's good. He's really good. Mm. He gets applause. He gets laughter. Mm. You know, uh, he does everything right. He explains things really well. Where he's uh, there's some, a bit sort of self-aggrandizing. They, they sort of he'll sort of um, say, um, you know, I mean, Motorhead created one of the most badass themes in the whole of WWE. And it's just a bit like some more to that. But he's explaining how he gets to know Lemmy. Right. And he talks about, he tells a story about walking in to um, a dressing room and Lemmy is sitting there with a big pile of drugs and two topless women. And he's with his wife and they just shut the door. Lemmy's half naked. And then two minutes later it opens and everything is gone. The girls have got their clothes and he says the drugs have probably gone up his nose. And everyone's sort of laughing at it. And he sort of goes, that's, that's because he was so uh, respectful of my wife. So respectful. <laughs> and it's just all a bit, I don't know, it's, 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 it's really worth seeing. He's very good. He's really impressive because he does the whole thing without notes. He's so yeah. used to it. And he's talking to a crowd that isn't his own mm. and he manages to bring them in and it's just, he does a really nice job. Um, there was a great comment on YouTube which it said, this is the only kind of burying that Triple H would never wanted to do. Um, burying talent. Ah, ha, ha. Um, so uh, the other thing about this match was it was supposed to end the, the, the event. They, um, they, they'd not really learnt from WrestleMania 25, yeah. where they went, no, it's important that the, the uh, title match goes last. They Again, yeah. they had John Cena versus Miz, mm. and they decided uh, that this would, would you know not be the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. It should have been. You know, in, th- in a card of quite underwhelming you know, decisions. Completely. You know, this, this is the yeah. first time in the whole WrestleMania where two men come out and you go, OK, good, now we've got the superstars. The big boys are in the room. Yeah, we the, had, the, we, the adults are in the room. We've seen a lot of wrestlers to tonight. Yeah. But here they are, the actual superstars of the business. Right, yeah. And they come out and they are, they go hell for leather in, mm. the, in the early bits. What's really funny in this as well is there are no signs. Every WrestleMania, there's always someone holding up an 18 and 1 mm. sign. So he's on 18 and 0 here. This one, everyone's got 19 0. Yeah. <laughs> no one, <laughs> one minute, thinks that Triple well, that was, H is going to well, be the man who does it. Well, obviously, uh, I'm not spoiling, we're literally talking about the, 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 the match. Mm. The Undertaker defeats Triple H yeah. by submission. Uh, and they obviously flash up the graphic, which is, you know, uh, uh, 19, 18, 18, 18, 18, yeah, 19, right? Yeah. Why don't they, pretty sure, I'm sure they've probably got up to this kind of caper, mm. why don't they just test the graphics with an 18 and 1? Yeah. Right? Just saw a casual wrestling <laughs> fan who happens to be working on the ring or whatever. Yeah, looks up and sees that. Great! Holy fucking shit! You will not believe the graphic I just saw on the fucking screen that when they were testing that's the screen. Fantastic! I will not believe uh, and and or, or maybe a little bit of footage. That, oh, that, I filmed this. But that filmed this while I was testing the a, wires. Misinformation is a great yeah. way of putting people in doubt as to how the match is going to end. Mm. That's a. Re- I mean, it, it really really works. What happens with this one? I think is people knew that Triple H by this point was very powerful within the company, and I think there was a sense that he was so ego-driven mm. that if, if anyone, anyone was going to beat the streak, it, right. it would be Triple H. Yeah. He'd be the man to take it. Now, I mean, I mean, they, they, they start really well. Triple H is very, very good, but he his reputation as being this, you know, guy who demands long matches and things, it just makes you slightly loathe watching yeah. his matches. And again here, this, this is just... He has an annoying thing, Triple H, where he begins dictating pace. And his thing is very much he's he's a big fan of your Harley races and your 70s wrestlers. And that has a different pace. So Undertaker goes hell for leather at the start. They're really mm. going. And by the time we get into the second half of the match, it's quite plodding and laborious. Mm. Now, we've just seen two back-to-back classics over the last couple of years with Shawn Michaels where everything is fast as you like. And this one, they start beginning, you know, again, the sledgehammer and things. It's all a bit 
too much gimmick. You know, mm. it begins to just get in the way. And there, there's a great bit. Undertaker does his dive over the top that he wiped out on at WrestleMania 25. Yeah. And on this one, again, he's a hair's breadth from killing himself. <laughs> and watching it back, Triple H only just about tries to manage to get to him. Yeah. And Undertaker pretty much just bounces off the floor. <laughs> no no sacking for Triple H. Well, I mean, yeah. And, and the commentators go, um, it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this before. It's like, you've seen this a few times. I know you have, Jerry. Yeah, I, look, I mean, they, they play it well. So the crowd go from not believing, you know, that Undertaker's going to lose to there's a point where Triple H delivers a tombstone pile driver mm. and he then does the Undertaker's tongue sort and of you pin think, over yeah, him. Yeah. And when the Undertaker, the kickouts in this match are, are some of the best so last-minute kickouts. Yeah, yeah. They are really, really close yeah. to, you know, being threes each time. And... When Undertaker kicks out, the crowd, they don't just cheer. They make a noise like a teenage girl <laughs> has seen a mouse. They go, Aah! You know, It's a really uniquely sort of like terrified noise. Mm. And they're all on the side of the Undertaker. The, the thing that actually slightly spoils this match is the end section. Yeah. So Triple H goes very slow. They begin hitting each other and they'll have a lie down. They'll get up. There'll be a big move. Then they'll lie down. And it ends up with Triple H getting his sledgehammer coming in and Undertaker doing his uh, Hell's Gate submission move, which is... It, I was trying to work out why it's not a good move. Right? <laughs> and it's not a good move because it's complex to get on mm. and you go, oh, yes, it's one of those MMA moves. But the way that it's put on... The whole of Triple H's head and shoulder mm. aren't contained in any way. Yeah. So you look at it and go, why doesn't he just lift his arm out of there and he's done? <laughs> and it looks like a loose hold. And yeah. it's so easy in wrestling to just look like you're smothering someone to death. Mm. And Undertaker's worked out something that doesn't look as good as anything else that you do. <laughs> and it's a shame. So he does this, this thing, he's trapped in it. No one really likes this move. Uh, it, it doesn't, you know, it just doesn't have the same sort of... I don't know, Undertaker, you want to see him tombstoning someone. You want mm. to see him last ride powerbombing someone. Yeah, Even yeah. a choke slam, goddammit, because he's a big man. Mm. And he's got this neck thing on, and Triple <laughs> H gets the sledgehammer, and he's about to hit Undertaker, and he drops the sledgehammer. And the crowd, even though it's Undertaker, when he drops the sledgehammer, the crowd sort of goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> And... Triple H makes a, a sort of big error here, which is that the crowd are going to be building and building and building, and he, he'll then tap and they'll explode and push them over the edge. Mm. And what happens is the longer he's in this, the quieter and quieter and quieter the crowd go. So when he taps, they're like, oh, fuck, he tapped. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. a really, really sort of letdown of an ending compared to, you know, everything that we've seen before where it just felt like they were totally spent. Right. This one... It sort of caught the crowd off off guard, and it takes the the, the air out of them mm. while they're building up to a bit. As soon as that air goes, you should just go. Do you know what? What I'm going to do is I'm going to get out of this actually, and uh, <laughs> then you tombstone me, right? <laughs> you just do something on the fly. Yeah. Of course, by this point, you know we're already approaching half an hour. Mm. You know, it's just too long. Um, I I I I did enjoy this match more than I, I thought. It's a good Triple H match. Yeah. If it was, I think it was, if it was, uh, I just watched so much shit on this, on this, on WrestleMania 27, that once I got to this point, I was like, oh, come on. But, Entirely. but if this was earlier in the card, uh, or I knew it was coming up as, as a main event, I would have enjoyed it a hell of a lot more. They do a big oversell at the end, and this is also a Triple H thing, which is Undertaker has to look like he is absolutely dead. <laughs> so he's sitting, he's lying on the floor with his white eyes open, all the referees are going, oh God, you know, and he's like, I am, it's like, this wasn't half as hard as the last two years you've had. Yeah, and especially, 
yeah, it wasn't like, and especially because of the finish was just a hold. You're just like, yeah, it's not an impact thing. You're not knocked out from an impact no. thing because you were strong enough to keep him in a hold. So therefore, why and it wasn't you, desperation because you, yeah. you had everything about you, yeah. so you could put on your stupid bad looking move. Mm. Now he just lies on the floor, and, and they 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 bring out this amazing vehicle, yeah. which is like it's World it's Cup like a, 90, it's World Cup ninety four. They were into those kind of like for, 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 it was really like a, want one. It you was could like get a whole <laughs> football team on it, couldn't you? If they were sitting, if they were sitting with their legs over the edge, but it's for injuries. You'd see a lot of American football if you couldn't move uh, it's how the stretchers would get off they'd have to... it's like a stretch golf caddy yes. with a soft padded platform mm, yeah. that then has a sort of section that you can put a, a day bed stroke stretcher <laughs> right and it's got a little like little cab yeah brilliant oh, a, a fucking brilliant and I've, it was I've, so long there's one that's uh, have you not seen that um, video of that one that's just gone out of control it's just started going I and will it, be. And it piles into everyone on the NFL field, like uh, from coaches to referees to people. Amazing. And someone has to jump on it and stop it. Oh, that rings more of a bell. <laughs> but I don't remember looking at it and going, that is the vehicle I want most in my life. <laughs> and I saw this one and I was like, I really want oh, that. I love a golf buggy. Oh, I really do. I do like that. I mean, I do quite like the idea of a car with a bed. And I, I, know, I know that's a that's a Buy worrying a thing. Yeah, just drink a lot, you know. <laughs> just cheat on your wife. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah, you'll be sleeping. I, I just I did I did look at it. And I just thought, oh, they don't seem to have caught on. We've had nine years since that, and I've never seen one of those. No, and I thought, oh no, they've gone the wrong way, haven't they? It's like Concord all over again. <laughs> really We're losing is. something that's brilliant. Um, Put but, the wheel at the back with the bed, so you can wheel yourself around. <laughs> but they they take Undertaker away, and yeah. uh, he he just I thought he was going to get up. And walk back? No, yeah. because Triple H has damaged him more than so anyone much. else can. So he got so close. He got the closest. Yeah, yeah. Of, apart from the person who eventually did him. Uh, <laughs> a time of match. Triple H was the best. <laughs> when it came to beating The Undertaker, you know, no one beat him, but who came closest? Triple H. Did you see him at the end? I, I, a strange decision, that, because it just, it, you know, mm. it doesn't... I don't sort of go, wow, Triple H must be great. I mean, Do you know what I, I hear about Triple you. H? It's fucking hammer. <laughs> it's, get, get something that you can actually fucking hit someone with. Because mm. otherwise, it's just a waste of everyone's fucking. Do you know? Time. Do you know what it is as well? It's too extreme uh, yeah. an implement. Yeah. Because what like it does a knife. Is, like, like a flick knife. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or like a handgun, a small handgun yeah. that just shoots you in the face mm. with it. it. It's too much of a, yeah. uh, a a gap between sports and yes. and and sports entertainment. Well, bringing a bringing a sports, a cricket bat would have been better. Yeah. Because you could you could hit someone on, on the part of the body that would make a big old cracker sound, like a, like a chair, yeah. um, and you could really damage there is There is, a, like, the history of wrestling from the 80s and the 90s, are, it taught you that things that weren't lethal were lethal. So yeah. if you got hit by, say, Bill Dundee's umbrella when he was Steve Regal's <laughs> manager in WCW, that would knock you out. Yeah. You would, you would be walking out. back, holding your head, because yeah. you'd been swapped with an umbrella. Yeah. Uh, Jim Cornette's tennis racket. Yeah. There was always this sort of like sense of sensational Sherry's purse. Page oh, getting, what, what could uh, be inside it? Page you know? getting uh, my new favourite wrestler asks us uh, green mist in his face. Exactly. Ah! Now, green mist is great as well because that's always the thing they give to uh, Asian wrestlers, yeah, yeah. Asian in the American way. But those sorts of things that, that exist within, we all we all accept that like the purse is loaded or mm. that the, the umbrella has been reinforced. Yeah. W- we, what we can't accept 
is that a sledgehammer is used on a man and he doesn't just start coughing up blood. It's, <laughs> oh, it's he hits too him, extreme. Hits him in the way that everyone uses a sledgehammer. No one uses a sledgehammer like Triple H uses no, a sledgehammer. Entirely. You'd get a nail through your hand. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying. It's, honestly, it's my wife's biggest problem with uh, any wrestling is Triple H and his fucking sledgehammer. As soon as he brings the sledgehammer, you just go, oh, here Fuck we go. Off. Got to find a way that he can't use it. Yeah. You know? I mean, I would say out of the hundred times he's brought the sledgehammer, hammer out he's made contact probably six times all six of those have been to the belly you know i mean if you're gonna do that just get a reinforced umbrella (laughs) um the two men were actually supposedly fined uh for this match because they did unprotected headshots um, right. Triple H uh, hit The Undertaker over the head with the chair. Right, OK. And uh, after the death of Chris Benoit, people have been looking into mm. the dangers of, of concussions and traumatic headshots uh, that, that were taken. Um, the WWE had actually formally banned steel, stairs, steel chair strikes to the skull yeah. uh, in March 2010. I thought he hit so, him over the back. Did he crack him on the... Year before. Maybe, there is one where he gets hit over the head. Right. I believe it's been edited out of the network. Oh, that's that's how seriously right. they take it. Okay. Um, so apparently they were both fined apparently quite substantially. I mean, but, um, but I mean, Benoit's finishing move was a flying headbutt and um, uh, what's his name? Little fella, Mexican. Uh, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio does it with uh, Thingy's mask on earlier on. Yes, he does. He, uh, I suppose that's the, uh, the old... I mean, Harley Race, he was the, the sort of originator of the diving headbutt in America. Right. And he said that that was one of the great regrets of his life, was mm. uh, was introducing that to the sport. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, but you know, Ray, uh, Ray presumably has managed to find a safer way of doing it. Yeah. One would hope. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Um, let's get on to the what I call the last two matches, uh, <laughs> and I also call them a pile of dog shit. <laughs> uh, it's Trish Stratus, John Morrison, and Snooky. Snooky is Michelle McCool, Layla L, and Dolph Ziggler. Now, Nicole Snooky Pulitzi yep. uh, from Jersey Shore, mm-hmm. a tiny little uh, pocket rocket, you'd yep. probably say. Diminutive party Diminutive girl. Diminutive party girl. Um, she uh, probably top five performers in this WrestleMania. <laughs> By an absolute <laughs> fucking wide margin. Do you know what? She, she, she's not like all the rest. She's, she looks different. She looks like she's having fun. She, she does two moves. She actually does. So she's, she does this one, um, backspring hand flip yeah. sort of, uh, um, gymnastic. Yeah, yeah. Reverse avalanche. I don't know what you'd call it. Um, Tajiri used to do it really mm. well. And so many of the female stars used to have that move as part of their repertoire. Okay. And nobody has ever hit it on <laughs> WWE TV as accurately and as well as Snooki in this WrestleMania. <laughs> she um, she does a perfect job and she lands with force, which so many of them just sort of end up flopping. Right. Kelly Kelly is a master of not getting this right. Um, <laughs> but Trish Stratus has basically been away from wrestling for five years and this is her, her comeback. Right. Um, she's totally wasted in it, but I presume everyone thought that they'd get this slight rub of the... the of the celebrity being there. Um, I mean, nobody gets to do a move, really, more than one move in this match. Yeah. Um, uh, Layla L is there. She is a a British-born WWE performer. Um, She's one of those people who has an accent that you cannot place at Mm. all. Uh, It's like she was born in the Isle of, like, the Virgin Atlantic, (laughs) you know, Heathrow to LAX flight. (laughs) And that's where she grew up. On an oil rig. Yeah. Um, She she, she was in WWE for about eight years. She pretty much had her entire career in WWE from start to finish. Right. Uh, And she is now a real estate agent. Um, Ah. So she's she's found life after wrestling. Um, The the crowd boo Snooki when she comes out. Mm. um, And, you know, she... Should she have been there on the basis of what she did? Yeah, 100%. You know? <laughs> she, she, but, uh, but again, it's... I mean, she slaps Dolph to the glare. Oh, so hard. Oh, it's wonderful. It really is good. an absolute crackerjack. It is banana. <laughs> she does. John Morrison does one move, which mm. is a sort of um, a, a, a sort of spinning, sort of what's it called, starship pain. I think off the uh, off the uh, the ring, and that looks great. But Dolph Ziggler and John Morrison at this point certainly could have had a match that would mm. have been, you know, if nothing else, immensely watchable. But again, if you look at like you know, you start. I always start with the Wikipedia. What have we got here? Six person mixed tag team match. Fine. Awesome. Three minutes and 17 seconds. Yeah. Why, why are you wasting my time on this? Uh, why are you wasting, whatever happens in this match, it's not good enough. And if you're, if the woman from Jersey Shore looks better than your stars, yeah. you've got, you're an idiot for, do, for doing it in the first place. It, it, it's just stupid. Yeah. They would have paid quite a lot for her to be there. Would it have got a lot of people putting their eyes on the product for the first time? They certainly got a lot of press out of it. You know, there was a lot of sort of TMZ yeah, but, stuff. I mean, but the problem with the problem with reality, you know, you, you get um, a, a boxer at the top of his game and you pay him three million to do, to do his thing a couple of, couple of years mm. ago with Big Show. Um, Snooky 
in the grand scheme of things, it's a lot cheaper. It's a reality TV star. It's yeah. a cheaper product. You know for a fact she's going to be doing everything that she is, you know, th- anyone who throws money at her, she'll be doing because that's what a reality TV star does. You, you, you get a big pop, you get two years, and you go and make as much money as you fucking can, and that's, yeah. that's how it works. But if your system is that, that you make... Snooky, I, I just think it's a really blinkered kind of like McMahon sort of thing. Going, oh my, my, uh, my people are marks. They are dirt. They yep. are scum. Yep. They must love this shit. So let's put it on. And I assume they'll either hate it or love it. I don't really care. So I'm going to get some kind of reaction. I, but I, it's think, just like... I think it's worse than that. I think they have a, a, a mentality that says, well, the people who are already here, we've got them, but they don't count. What mm. we need is we need the fucking people who watch Jersey Shore. Yeah. If we put this one on, yeah. they'll all come over. Then we get them. Then we can not care about them and we can move on to the next lot. It's, it's, like, it's like when I talk to like mates who like, review video games for, for a living. You know, they, they live and breathe video games. They are core gamers. They uh, spend their whole lives kind of like hunting for stories mm. and, you know, just, just working really hard to write about the thing they love the most. But the people who get the free trips to, you know, Gamescom or Los Angeles to the middle, you know, the, the ones that get the press trips are the ones who work for the Daily Mirror yeah. or the Sun. And they don't necessarily have a larger or smaller uh, um, uh, circulation than the actual people, the, the core game of it, but, but it's just seen as being more legitimate. Oh, so you, know, you are effectively saying, our product is dirt, core wrestling fans, they don't matter, but if they talk about it on E! Online or, or um, on, 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 on uh, Fox News, that's big news. Look at what we do here, Pete. I mean, mm. I mean I, I'm not holding us up as being a sort of like, we, we are the best, I mean. But if we did this show and it went out on Five Live or it went out on TalkSport, people would be like, oh, you know, it's it's so hard to explain, isn't it? This would never be on Five Live or TalkSport. (laughs) No, it wouldn't. Is Is it invalid as a result? No, no, is the answer, because everything on t- Five Live and TalkSport, is any of it as good as this? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and Colin, uh, thingy, if Colin I say, Murray. If I say to a, a friend of my dad's, yeah, I do a podcast, he'll go, oh, well, how do you video that? You know, uh, you know. And if I went, I'm on TalkSport, he'd go, oh, are you now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly, it's this weird kind of legitimacy, and I sort of see that a little bit with... Uh, with the football uh, podcast I do. We've been mm. doing that for best part of 12, 13 years. Now, uh, there will be people who have been, like, jobbing newsroom uh, reviewers of football that they've sort of um, been, uh, you know, just, just been doing it. And if they're on a podcast, people, for some reason, because they're... Even though we do exactly the same job... Yeah, but they're legitimate. Uh, but they're legitimate because they're from Dead Tree Media. They're, they're, from, they're from newspapers. They're from television. They are regarded as having a more, uh, you know... Well, they're proper. They're proper. Yeah. They're proper. They've got a little Not like card. This, this outlaw mud show <laughs> that we have. I mean, it's, it's, so there's a perception that, that, that... There's a perception that, 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 that rival podcasts like The Guardian, like uh, other one, like James Richardson, who used, to do a, who used to be the main host on a television show in the 90s, is somehow more legitimate simply because they've had a bit of glitz. They've I, had a bit... They've I completely had a bit agree. Of but they've been trusted once so they can be trusted again that, that's like we, we should say uh, talking about five live you did just mention colin murray i, I, would, I, yeah. I spoke to colin murray on air he, they did a thing and they rang up and they said you know do you want to come and talk about wrestling um you know ahead of i think they were doing stuff about podcasts about smaller sports sort of right thing. and they they we, we, it was a really nice chat and it was really good and you know I, it was he, great it was nice to go on and be you know just, just it's nice to, the opening question obviously isn't you know so is it real you know um tell me that and colin is like you know he was really really great and it was a really nice interview today, and so you know when I when I when I'm saying there's nothing good on Five Live, it should be should be clear that that also incorporates us that one night. Um, but no, I mean, you know, but it, it, that it was, was really 
nice, but it's so rare to hear wrestling. There will be someone who goes. Like who, we've gone up in someone's estimation now because I spoke to Colin Murray, <laughs> and that'll be a thing of going. Colin Murray didn't hate it. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to listen to all, all fucking five episodes of WrestleMania 27, <laughs> but it doesn't sound as bad as I thought it would be. We're the um, snooky of. <laughs> except who, we're not. With the who reverse. do you think came out of this match uh, with the most problems? Who do you think? Ooh. Who do you think it was in most trouble after this match was over? Oh, I don't know. Um, uh, Vicky was shouting a lot. She might have said something bad. I don't know. Uh, Let's make this easier for you. So rather than who came out of this in the most trouble, who did you think did a really good job and wouldn't expect to be in a load of trouble at the end of it? Um, Probably John Morrison. You're absolutely right. Yeah, he came out of it with the most trouble. Because what had (laughs) happened is John Morrison didn't like the fact that they made Trish Stratus the focus of this match. Right. Trish Stratus had, had pretty much retired five years ago. She was coming back for just a WrestleMania yeah. you know, event. And he felt that she was given too much of the match and she laid out loads of spots to make herself look good mm. at the expense of everyone who was there and wasn't a part-timer. So afterwards, he was a bit put out. Yeah. And she went to give him a hug and he brushed her off. He said, no, I don't really want to do that. Gave him a bit of the cold shoulder. And uh, <laughs> he was afterwards labelled as being aloof. And they, everyone held it against him. He got big heat backstage for his attitude. Uh, again, a man trying to protect the very company that he's in by saying it's important what happens the day after this, isn't it? And they go, you have no. got a fucking attitude, mate. A fucking attitude. Um, Snooki herself, she obviously had a good time because she went back to WrestleMania as a fan. She went oh, back, did she? She was back at WrestleMania 29. Oh, I like so her then. She's one of the few people who, she comes out, the crowd boo her, she then does really well, and she continues to have a nice relationship with the company. <laughs> really rare story. <laughs> right, here we are, ladies, uh, and well, it's probably just a gentleman, isn't it? Gentleman, all the gentlemen. There are a couple of ladies listening, I'm sure. And uh, we are on the main event of WrestleMania 27. The single most lacklustre on paper and lacklustre in the ring mm. uh, main event of any WrestleMania uh, that's ever been. And do you know what? I'm including that, WrestleMania 36. <laughs> um, the year before, Miz had been opening the show as part one half of the United Tag Team Champions uh, against um, uh, John Morrison and R-Truth. He was teamed with a big show. Mm. And a year later, he'd be in the main event uh, defending his WWE Championship against John Cena. Um, that is not the first time someone has moved from the opening match to the main event. Um, Chris Jericho and Edge had both managed it as well. Right. But they tended to have um, better years that seemed like a more upward curve. When mm. they were in the opening match, it tended to be because they were opening the show, because they were good. Um, <laughs> this was very much, you know, when you're in a tag team match and Big Show is your partner, you know, you are not necessarily the person that you would have said, that guy is definitely going to headline next year. <laughs> um, they show in the build-up to this uh, Miz sitting at a bank of uh, TVs. They've always had a thing where they like to portray Miz as being a TV star because he originally started on a MTV reality show. He right. was sort of famous from that before he went into wrestling. Right. So he is often portrayed as being this TV star, mm. even though that was probably, what, three years. Like <laughs> Snooky, that short burn <laughs> reality career. Yeah. And then he comes into wrestling. And they have him with a bank of TV screens, which makes him look a bit like uh, whichever Baldwin brother it is in Sliver. Yeah. Billy? 
Billy, Maybe. where he's watching Sharon Stone yeah, in the bath, yeah, yeah. and you know, that's the second podcast this week I've spoken about Sliver. <laughs> really, it's really weird. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's very much on everyone's lips. Um, <laughs> but uh, this was, uh, I think, a, 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 you know, they then show all the sort of great champions throughout history. There's mm. Hulk Hogan and stuff, and you're, you're almost they couldn't make it any more apparent what you've got now with what people expect. You know, yeah. you've got this lineage of your great champions and there is Miz suddenly at the top of this pile. It was an attempt to make a big main eventer, you know, and they, they, the, the, Miz has a lot going for him. You know, he was young, he's well turned out, he is good on the microphone, not great, but he's good. He worked incredibly hard, he was really diligent, all those things that, that made him a sort of valuable employee. But, they really thought as well he'd attract a new, young, cool audience you mm. know, of, of TV people. One of the early things that came out of Miz being pushed was they had a, a, a meme that was Miz Girl, angry Miz Girl. And there was a girl who they'd found in the crowd when he was doing something, well, I presume when he'd won the belt. Yeah. And she looked, she had a face like thunder. <laughs> and that became a sort of like one of the early, ah. if you like, organic wrestling memes right. that came out. You know, angry Miz Girl, yeah. it's called. And so they begin to sort of like push him as being a big star. The problem is all the things that they saw in him, that, you know, he had this TV background that he could, you know, talk and seem to irritate people. All of those things were very much not the things that the wrestling fans were looking for. So wrestling fans didn't really buy Miz. He seemed sort of uh, juvenile. His character was pretty bland. He lacked depth. He was grating. And rather than getting that heat that a heel gets where you want to see them get beaten. Mm. This was the heat where you go, I don't want to see him at all. (laughs) Um, He didn't have a tough guy image. He didn't have an exciting wrestling style. Um, He hadn't main evented. He hadn't really faced many of the headliners. So he hadn't really got a reputation. We'd just seen years of him being a sort of like jock collegiate sort of joke he'd lost to everyone over the years Mm. and suddenly he was the champion headlining wrestlemania now the championship doesn't really matter to some degree but i think the main event of wrestlemania does Does, yeah that's the thing that it builds up to every year and every year you have a match that by and large most people want to see this year you had a match that i think most people were uncomfortable with and didn't see how it would deliver it always felt like it was going to change at the last minute and they were going to say it's going to be the rock versus cena versus miz something like that the rock would be put into that mix and i think even on the day people were thinking that would happen (laughs) hoping 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 beyond belief so the basic the Miz story is he gets the belt after a couple of months where he's lost on successive pay-per-views mm. to people like Daniel Bryan, who again is in the is dark that? match. Daniel Bryan has three wins on pay-per-view in a row against him before Miz wins the belt. <laughs> um, he does the unthinkable at the Royal Rumble. Um, uh, sorry, at Survivor Series, where he wins the belt from Randy Orton. And he holds that belt for six months. He doesn't seem to get stronger in those six months. He doesn't rise to being a champion. They just have this sense of... We, we'll get to WrestleMania and then Yasina can beat him yeah. and then we can all just relax. Um, he comes out on this um, and, and the point of this match really, it, it, it didn't make the big star. And I think once they, once they came to terms with that, they thought, well, the thing is WrestleMania is already sold out this year. 
So it doesn't matter what we put on. <laughs> but what we need to do is we need to think about what's happening next year. Yeah. And so what they do here is they lay the seeds for the following year, which is going to be The Rock versus Cena. So everything in this WrestleMania main event can be sacrificed. Mm. It doesn't matter. You know, we're building up to something bigger. You'll see. But the problem is on a WrestleMania main event night, you, you can't have that thing of going... This doesn't matter, but it, it will make sense next year. Yeah, because it's fucking WrestleMania, and I and I do look at this match, and I, I know people so go, "Well, Miz is great. I mean, he really gets so he's worked so hard." I think I agree with all of that, but at the same time, I don't think this match should ever have happened. I didn't mm. think it at the time. Looking back now, I certainly don't think it should have happened. It's it's just. I don't know why. I, I'm sure there will be people who defend it, who say, no, it was entirely the right thing. Who else would you have had? Uh, different answers, aren't they? You know, yeah. would John Cena and, you know, had it been different, had they not been dedicating their time to having Miz, you know, trying to get him all the way to WrestleMania without the wheels falling off, they could have done something else. He comes out in this with Alex Riley, his sidekick, and Alex Riley looks almost exactly like him. Mm. And it just, even at that moment, it's emphasizing that there's nothing special Cookie about cutter, Miz. yeah. I watch wrestling not because I want to see ordinary people. And Miz is not ordinary by a long chalk. But I want to see gods and monsters. And Miz is... He's dull. If you go to eBay, like I say, you'll see his whole career is laid out there in action figures and posters and T-shirts, and all of it is on the same note. Sometimes he has a coat on. Sometimes he's got a headband. But nothing else changes. But his merchandise just seems, like, uh, obligatory. You you yeah. earn it. You earn that kind of stuff. Yeah. You earn the, the the kids running into the shops and bar- or Mark Hens running into the shops <laughs> and buying these things. It you is. earn it. I I, I mean I, I look. <laughs> I don't think, and I, and this is the most savage indictment I can ever give you. I don't think I have a single piece of Miz merchandise. Oh my god, merchandise! <laughs> I don't think I have it. Now you see, if I just said merchandise at the time, they'd have gone. That's it. Yeah, That's let's it. go with that. <laughs> Get him to say that. Call he's, himself the Midsendice. He, he's got fucking T-shirts that say haters welcome. And on the back it says, because the old ones are starting to like me. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, this feels like nine years out of date. Every time it's there. you know. He did have the catchphrase, I'm awesome. His music starts, awesome. Mm. And there was uh, one of those little, my name is... And it said Miz, and it would say, and I'm awesome. And the awesome thing got over for a bit. Right. He's had periods in his career when he's been quite popular. It goes up and down, but there's no difference between him being a bad guy and being a good guy. He doesn't have any light and shade. He is just this simple character that is the real man, the Miz. And he turns up wearing the same shorts. And on this day, he's a good guy. On this day, he's a bad guy. But there's nothing else. And I only say this because I don't think I don't want to have that thing of saying, yeah, he was too young for the main event. Mm. I think he is as a performer, uh, deeply flawed. And it's not because of him. It's just because he doesn't have anything grand about him. He, he is just a, he's a, a mid-card sort of gimmick, if you like, that was put into the main event for one night. They thought that Rock and Cena would be big enough that they could overcome that. And they, they are fucking wrong. <laughs> Furious. I'd like to get your thoughts on the uh, Corbin, uh, <laughs> Corbin situation and his successor. Uh, the Jeremy Corbin successor. <laughs> uh, do you mean Baron Corbin? <laughs> it's interesting, you never know. Um, <laughs> totally squashed that joke by going for the wrong Corbin. Yes. Yeah. Love um, it. I am very excited about Sakir Starmer. Um, <laughs> Cena comes out with the gospel choir entrance. Um, he gets a proper big build-up entrance, further pushing that he is a star. Yeah, and, the, the poem is- at the start is is a little bit like something that Steve Brule would write. What's the poem? Tell <laughs> me the poem. A, it's just like, I, oh, I should have written it down. What, what bit does that come in? It comes in, I, I can't even remember whether it's for, it, no, it won't be for Miz, it'll be for Cena. Mm. It, it's after 
It's a. It sounds like Booker T saying it, but I don't think it is. <laughs> I'll figure it out. It I'll an, get back. There's is, a big poem. Is it a poem as well? That's all about sort of like he's beaten down. That, <laughs> yeah, very, I think it's very like, quickly with John Cena. They went from he's a rapper <laughs> to going his career is grinding down. It seemed to be grinding down after about five years, and it's done that now for nearly fifteen. <laughs> Just amazing. They're always like he's an old battered warhorse, you know. Um, Look, I mean, the crowd are are, are dead in this match yeah. uh, until various things happen. Yeah. But but they have not been this quiet throughout the entire rest of the event. So and, and because uh, because we haven't seen the Rock appear, mm. we know he's appearing at some point. Yeah. So we know there's going to be a weird finish or there's something. Until Rock appears, yeah. we don't know what this match. We're is. just in stasis because yeah. we're going. Well, something will happen. I'm yeah. sure. You know. Now the crowd come alive to boo Cena when he's beating up the Miz, and they don't always cheer when then. Miz works Cena over. And that is that again, like the feuding heel commentators. That is the worst outcome of all. Yeah. Which is they cheer Cena being hurt, but they don't cheer Miz when he's hurting him. Mm. So uh, just you know, how does, it's cancelling it out. The most organic the reaction is a historical one for Cena being too over by the WWE's behest. So th- yeah. the, the most natural reaction is to. Boo when uh, to, to celebrate when Cena's getting hurt, but again, if the person who's doing this hurting yeah. is an unlovable, unthinkable, yeah. like nobody thinks about they, him, they, they cheer when the Miz kicks out, yeah, but then when he starts beating Cena, they sort of don't care, <laughs> and then Cena will fight back and they'll boo. And then, so you know, but I mean, you know, it's just all over. But the, you know, a little, you know, you know a bit about, you know, a lot about this this period of time. And I, coming again, coming from last year's WrestleMania and the other WrestleManias, the Miz is nothing to me. It no, is nothing entirely. When, he could be the most important thing. It could be the least important thing, but I ain't getting anything from this. No, and I the th- video package was good that they set up for Miss something, and oh, well, all right. But I, I, I don't know. It's, I, just, it's, it's just a generic, funny thing man. as well. Where, where we, it's a palette swap in a video game. It, it totally is. And it, it's, he's a bit creator wrestler. And the other thing is, yeah. you, you put him against John Cena, and... Uh, they have similar styles. They work better with people who don't have the straightforward nuts and bolts style that they have. Neither of them is flamboyant. Neither of them is suddenly going to do something that really takes your breath away. Neither of them is like lightning quick. Neither of them is a brilliant technician. They're just solid. They're good. Mm. They're decent. Mm. The enemy of wrestling, you know, <laughs> and you've put them together. Now, there are a couple of bits that are good. And, and one of them is, I mean, I mean, I feel for Miz on this. He gets speared over the um, the sort of uh, uh, barriers mm. by John Cena. Yeah. And he, just he to be fair. cracks his head so hard on the floor. It bounces off. Mm. And he gets a legitimate concussion from right. that. And after that, you can see he is trying desperately not to vomit. You can see the whole time. So they do a fucking double count out. And again, I'd forgotten that. But they literally do a double count out in Miz versus John Cena. (laughs) And the bell rings and everything. And people, they don't even go, there's a bullshit chant and everything. But they aren't going, what the fuck? What the fuck? They're just going, they're going, this, all of this is bullshit. This isn't, this isn't the count out. This is all bullshit. This is bullshit. And there's booing. But people around Miz and Cena are just staring at them like, what are you doing? What is this? They're just the crowd looking at them. It's so depressing. Now, Miz opens his eyes a bit. And I think he's absolutely had his bell rung. Yeah. And he just begins to sort of look like he's going to be violently ill. Yeah. As it went on this match, I kept looking at him, which I'd never done before. Kept looking at him. And by the time the match ends, his face is beginning to swell (laughs) at the front. 
<laughs> even though he hit it on the back. If your face swells on the front and you hit it on the back, something bad is happening. <laughs> His lips have gone all puffy and he looks like he's just sort of trying to wake up. He looks a bit sort of like he's drunk and it's just like, oh, that's horrible. Really made me feel sick. But yeah, they do this fucking... This, this this double counter. In, and, and what was the reaction they were hoping for? Everyone going, oh, no! And, and like, you know, oh, God! And then, bing, bong, bong, bong. Out comes the fucking raw, anonymous general manager. Here it is. Here he goes. As if Here's this match swaggle. wasn't the absolute shit. Hardswoggle, get away from that, keep up! <laughs> and that says... Oh, does it, what does it say? It can carry on or something? <laughs> yes, it can. Uh, the general manager says, carry this on or something. <laughs> and they get back in the ring and Rock immediately rocks bottoms Cena. Yeah. One of the worst Rock bottoms you'll ever see as well. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's not, he's not even the same postcard, no, is no, it? And Cena, Cena, I don't know whether he just sort of isn't quite... Maybe yeah, they haven't tested maybe. it, who knows. And, he just, and Miz then just covers him for, for the pin. Yeah. So you go from this double fucking count out, the match restarting, which gets no reaction, you know, <laughs> God, there he goes, to seconds later, Miz pinning John Cena <laughs> and leaving WrestleMania as the champion. Now, you can't say that, you know, you saw it coming because like the, like the Michael Cole match, you know, it, it's odd that the Michael Cole match sets up exactly what they do in the fucking main event where <laughs> they have a false finish yes. and then very quickly afterwards, a new result. And they do that, you know, in, in four matches time in their main event, the worst main event in WrestleMania history. It's it's such a again, it's it's solid, and solid is the enemy of wrestling. And to have a match in WrestleMania, that what what did you think was going to happen in that match? Did you think that match would absolutely set the world on fire? Do you think <laughs> did you think that would be a fucking brilliant match that people would talk about? Nobody thought that. No one thought at the time. In retrospect, it seems mental that that happened <laughs> absolutely fucking crazy oh, it makes me so angry Pete um, Miz then gets into the history books as well because he becomes the second man ever to retain his championship in the main event at Wrestlemania brilliant uh, the first is Triple H at Wrestlemania 2000 Jesus um, Interesting side note, both of those men then received post-match beatdowns from The Rock. Um, <laughs> happened both times. It's still the first time that John Cena lost a singles match at WrestleMania. Oh, is that right? Mm. Oh, well, some, anyway, some good came out of it then. what you know about this, of course, is this is the start of a really, really clever thing that makes Miz out. No! He loses <laughs> the belt to John Cena at the next pay-per-view. <laughs> Amazing. It's your biggest show. At least keep it, keep the result. As don't make it, you know, a very dusty... It's almost a dusty finish, isn't it? it, it? It's, it's <laughs> so badly booked. You would be hard-pressed to make enough wrong decisions to get you to that match. It's just amazing. The fact that nobody stood up at any point and just went, right, stop. Everybody stop. Miz, no. No. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's lunatic. Now, the Miz seems, again, I, you know, it's worth saying, as time has gone on, he has become a much better performer. He's still, he's, I mean, I still wouldn't put in a fucking main a event of WrestleMania. He's still a Miz. And he seems really funny and really nice. He seems like an absolute <laughs> fucking dude. You know, all credit to him. It's just he was in the wrong place in this WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, I, there are some funny things where you sort of what is what is Miz like and uh, there, there's a lovely one here which is that um, when CM Punk returned to do this Fox Sports show uh, mm. about the WWE which is affiliated but he's not employed by WWE yeah. uh, he came out and his first line was just when you think you've got 
all the answers. I changed the culture. Which I'm a bit cheesy. And <laughs> yes, Miz went that. on Twitter and he, mock, <laughs> he mocked the, the thing in a Twitter video that he made. Mm. And it was all sort of like, you know, it's what wrestlers do, isn't it? You know, And CM Punk responded... <laughs> Go suck a blood money covered dick in Saudi Arabia, you fucking dork. <laughs> that is Miz this year. How is he being treated by his peers? They call him, it's such, calling him a fucking dork, right? If you said you fucking prick, you'd be like, that's just abuse. Yeah. Call him a fucking dork. The dork bit is the bit that sticks out because it no, there's a sort of sense that the first thing that CM Punk thinks when he's being abusive to Miz is to call him a fucking dork. <laughs> and it's, there's something dorky about him. And there really is. Yes. It's, it's, it, it, it all comes together. Um, <laughs> go suck a blood money covered dick in Saudi Arabia, you I, fucking dork. I read comics and you're a dork. <laughs> You've got a beautiful wife and two kids and you're still performing at a high level and you don't seem to have ever taken any time off. You fucking <laughs> dork. dork. Um, he has also uh, uh, been, been called as being responsible for ruining another WrestleMania main event, oh. which is WrestleMania 36, when he turned up to the Performance Centre. He was uh, booked in a ladder match with uh, John Morrison against the Usos and uh, some other team. I can't remember who it was now. Oh, uh, Humberto Ramos and Hurricane Castillo, or whoever mm. they are. I forget their names. <laughs> uh, and uh, he uh, turned up to the Performance Centre and he began feeling unwell. Right. And so he said, well, you know, I might have the symptoms of coronavirus, so I think I should probably go home. And it was hearing this that Roman Reigns then turned around and said, look, I actually don't think this is a good idea for me to be here. Yeah, and I should probably go home as well. Yeah. So there was certainly sentiment going around that Miz had heat on him for essentially giving <laughs> Roman Reigns an out. <laughs> and if Miz had just kept his mouth shut, then Roman Reigns would have, done, would have sat there and got ill. <laughs> but at least he'd have done his match. Um, but apparently, WWE responded, of course they would. Of course they would. They're a publicly traded company. They had to go, no, not at all, not at all. No, Fine if anyone that, leaves. Yeah. Main event of only wrestle fucking mania, isn't it? I mean, can see Miz is ruining another one. Two for two. (laughs) (laughs) And just a great little final line. So JR just says, again, it's all about timing in it in wrestling. He says, tonight, everybody smells. But the rock is cooking. I mean, I, w- I would, I pray that we could go back in time and that feed could shut out three seconds. And it just ends. Everybody smells. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the coup de gras for me was at the end of the whole thing the credits roll and then clearly if you do work in if you uh, broadcast anything in the state of Georgia Georgia insist on that oh, uh, they do, peach yeah. logo they do. the peach logo on the ID card basically saying uh, created in Georgia they haven't watched the preceding three hours, <laughs> four hours, like what we have. Hi there. Um, I represent uh, Metallica. <laughs> I represent Johnny Cash's estate. <laughs> and I represent the state <laughs> of Georgia. Well, All we three of them need out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, oh, look, dear. that's WrestleMania 27. On the plus side, none of us have to ever do it again. Yes, um, we're through that. Do you know what? I, 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 again, I watched that when it went out. I watched it probably when I bought it on DVD mm. or, or maybe even Blu-ray at that time. Who knows? Mm. And I don't think I've seen it since. And I've obviously, I mean, I've, I've wiped it out of my memory. Filed it But away. I've obviously said to myself at various points, whatever you do, don't watch this again. Yeah. And I broke that rule and I've <laughs> suffered for it. I um, Buried I, it in the garden. This is, this is uh, wrestling that's very, very hard to love or enjoy. <laughs> <laughs>
But I do hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, if, I mean, if, the podcast is wonderful. I mean, it's better when we're angry, isn't it? <laughs> it was, look, it's better when we're angry. It is. Look, if it was if it was good, all we'd be saying it was good. Yeah. You know? I just, I, I, there is a part of me that I do, and maybe it's just, it's getting older, but I do have that thing of, I'd hate for Miz to listen to this, and I'm sure he won't, because, <laughs> yeah, because why is... would you? Why do you listen to two fucking amateurs who aren't in your business yeah. talking about your fucking business? But I do, See I, the football ramble. <laughs> but I do, hey, you don't have to go to the electric chair to know it hurts, yeah? That's what I say. <laughs> now, I do think about that. I do think I would hate for him to, to feel like his career in some way was not up to scratch or whatever. Um, but, I mean, you know, just watch this fucking WrestleMania, mate. You, you, you know, you, you cannot dispute you cannot defend he was the actions. wrong place at the wrong time, you know. And I, and I resent him for, for being there and having to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, do check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash WrestleMania, an extra show, not about WrestleMania 27 this week. Do get involved. Have a listen. Uh, patreon.com forward slash WrestleMania, uh, ad free WrestleMania. Uh, you've got the extra show, uh, a new Newsletter and also uh, you can in- listen to the entirety of the pay per views. I mean, if, all you, in one if you are a patron, you've just got to the end of this. And, yeah. You know, the, the annoying thing for you guys is you now know that, you know, you, you can't, you've got five months really. Right. Uh, five weeks, sorry. So, yeah. You've got five weeks of regular. Right, wrestle me going out yeah. online. So mm. even if you wanted to get rid of your Patreon, I mean, that would leave you with a blank month, wouldn't it? I mean, <laughs> that's a bit of a shame. Oh, a are shame. they doing them five from now on? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, uh, it's, we're, it's, we're it's, in on uh, This was a, a happy God. accident. Well, you say happy. <laughs> <laughs> wrestle me, Mark. Wrestle me, Pete. was a Stakhanov production. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs>